Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to They Walk Among Us a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is the 17th in a series of bonus episodes. To hear ad-free versions of our episodes a few days before their general release, head to patreon.com forward slash they walk among us. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. We are close. We were close then. We are still close now, and that's why I make this renewed appeal. I think there is some information out there. I actually think there are people out in the community who know exactly what happened. Over the years, hundreds of people have been spoken to uh, by by police about this. Samples have been taken and tested, but still no firm lead of inquiry. It was revealed today that significant crime scene exhibits, which would have had DNA evidence, have been destroyed. I think there are one or two people who possibly are involved in the aftermath of this killing. I think there's at least one of them finding it very difficult to live with. Ballycastle is a small seaside town located on the coastal tip of County Antrim in Northern Ireland. A favourite place for holiday makers due to its stunning scenery. The town's population of under 5,500 is met with an influx of tourists in the spring and summer months from all across Ireland and beyond. In 1988, a Ballycastle farmer was tending his flock of sheep in Ballypatrick Forest. The popular picnic spot full of wildlife and scenic views toward the Causeway Coast is the perfect place for families to discover nature. But on this day, April 20th, as the farmer strolled to a remote clearing in the western corner of the forest, he unwittingly made an alarming discovery. The lifeless body of a partially naked young woman lying face down. When the body was examined it became clear that the woman had not died of natural causes. Evidently, she had been beaten over the head and struck in the face, 
with either some kind of object or perhaps a fist or foot. The young woman had sustained a broken neck, and her post-mortem confirmed that she had died from a brain hemorrhage. There was also evidence that she had been sexually assaulted. The pathologist estimated that the woman had been dead from between 24 to 96 hours. Near her body, officers from the Royal Ulster Constabulary found a rucksack that contained the woman's diary, eight rolls of camera film, as well as a smaller bag. Documents found among the woman's belongings identified her as 18-year-old Inga Maria Hauser, a student from Munich in Germany. She was a budding singer, a talented artist and an intrepid spirit. Her friend Walter Schreiner described Inga Maria to a reporter for the Belfast newsletter. Every person who knew her loved her. She was always smiling. She was always shining and was very intelligent. An investigation was immediately launched to try and trace Inga Maria's last known movements. It was quickly discovered that she left Germany in March and had been backpacking across England and Scotland, stopping off in London, Bath, Liverpool, Preston, Inverness... Cardiff and Glasgow. Inga Maria had then set her sights on visiting Northern Ireland. She was unfazed by the prospect of travelling alone and instead took it in her stride. Inga Maria had been looking forward to travelling across the Irish Sea, anticipating she would make new friends and explore the striking coastline before setting off south by train. From there, she had planned on getting a ferry to Wales, where she was scheduled to meet a friend in Cardiff. Inga Maria had written a postcard to a friend back in Germany, sharing her excitement about her travels. It read, My journey through England is wonderful. I'd rather not come back. The day after tomorrow, it's on to Ireland, which pleases me most of all. It was the first holiday that Inga had taken without her family. On April 6, 1988, she travelled by train from Inverness to Glasgow, then on to Stranra. Inga Maria wrote in her diary, Morning has broken in Scotland. Breakfast in Inverness. Nice town. Have to see the Loch Ness Monster one day. Going to Glasgow now. Snowy mountains and wild landscape. Scotland is beautiful. At around 7pm she boarded a ferry in Stranra. The vessel was to take her to Larne in Northern Ireland. Some passengers would recollect seeing her on the ferry. Inga Maria was wearing baseball boots, a long flowing skirt and a jacket. She carried a large blue rucksack and a smaller bag with a distinctive United States Air Force badge. The Stenoline Galloway Princess docked in Larne at 9.40pm. Before setting sail, Inga Maria had sent her parents in Munich a postcard. She wrote how she was having a great time on her travels and assured them that Nothing bad could ever happen to me. Inga Maria always kept in close contact with her family, but after they received this postcard, they heard nothing more. The routine calls abruptly stopped, as did the frequent postcards. Fourteen days later, Inga Maria Hauser's body was found, but what happened is a complete mystery. Reading her diary unearthed no clues through which her killer or killers could be identified. In fact, Inga Maria had neglected to write anything in the diary about her time in Northern Ireland, which led to speculation that she had been killed shortly after disembarking the ferry. Her last entry was written just before she boarded the vessel.
She noted that she was running out of money rapidly and poignantly added, I don't know where I'm going to stay tonight. Inga Maria was described as a carefree young girl and this combined with her final diary entry led to the assumption that she had potentially met somebody on the ferry, somebody who offered her a place to stay or maybe she had been offered a lift. In addition to the diary, the police developed eight rolls of camera film. It was hoped that the photographs could provide a clue as to what happened to Inga Maria. However, it quickly became apparent that she had never taken any photographs in Northern Ireland, further solidifying the belief that Inga Maria had been killed shortly after she arrived. As the police attempted to retrace Inga Maria's last known movements, they also interviewed hundreds of people who had been on the ferry with her that evening. This included soldiers who were stationed in Northern Ireland and lorry drivers. There were 442 passengers on the ferry, but the passenger logs were incomplete, hampering the search for potential eyewitnesses. Meanwhile, forensic testing at the crime scene uncovered the presence of unknown male DNA. It had come from Inga Maria's clothing, and it was believed to belong to her killer. In an attempt to find the source, police focused their attention on the town of Ballymoney, appealing to all male residents, requesting they provide DNA samples for testing. Detective Superintendent Cecil Scott announced, The whole area has been affected by this appalling tragedy. If all men volunteer for the test, then I am confident it will help lead to the killer's identity. The local men did come forward in droves, yet none of them were a match to the DNA at the crime scene. BBC Crime Watch would air a segment on Inga Maria Hauser's murder, including a reconstruction that the authorities hoped would refresh someone's memory who may have seen her. A handful of tips and leads came in, but none proved to be fruitful. At the time of Inga Maria's murder, Northern Ireland was embroiled in a conflict known as the Troubles. In some areas, there was a general distrust of the police and the British Army. In fact, the year that Inga Maria was killed, 106 people died due to the conflict. Rumours around the close-knit community of County Antrim were rampant. Many believed that Inga Maria had been murdered by a British soldier, as he returned to his base after furlough. According to one unidentified local who had worked fortifying army and RUC bases against attacks from the IRA, this theory was the only logical explanation for Inga Maria's murder. Others were not so sure. There was another widespread rumour that Inga Maria had been killed by a female police officer who had flown into a rage after catching her father in a romantic liaison with the young backpacker. The woman killed Inga Maria, and then she and her father disposed of the body in Ballypatrick Forest. Despite the abundance of theories and even a DNA profile, the case gradually went cold. In 1991, Inga Maria Hauser's parents put forward a £3,300 reward for information that could lead to the apprehension and conviction of her killer or killers. Five years later, police began investigating a link between Inga Maria Hauser's murder and another murder in England. In 1996, French student Céline Figard was found dead near Worcester. There were several similarities between the killings. Both victims were foreign students, and it appeared as though they could have hitched a ride potentially from a lorry driver 
before their bodies were dumped in a partial state of undress. According to officers from the West Mercia Constabulary then investigating the second case in England, there could be a potential serial killer employed as a lorry driver who was responsible for up to 20 murders, the most recent victim being Celine Figard. Officers in Northern Ireland flew to England with DNA from Inga Maria's body to compare with DNA recovered from some of the other crime scenes. A spokesman for the police in Northern Ireland said, We have built up a DNA profile but have never linked it with a firm suspect. Obviously, as in all cases where there are certain similarities, there will be close cooperation in murder investigations. The DNA did not come back as a match to any of the other DNA found, and Inga Maria's family shared their fears that the case would never be solved. Her father, Josef Hauser, remarked, There is no hope now. We are satisfied the RUC have done everything they could, but we have accepted that the killer will never be caught. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Over the years, police would regularly appeal for information about Inga Maria. They believed that somebody within the local community had a vital piece of evidence which could crack the cold case. They followed a number of leads which took them all over Ireland and the United Kingdom. There was some speculation among police officers and the community that Inga Maria could have been the victim of a serial killer. Over the past nine years, six young women in Ireland were believed to have been abducted and murdered. These included Anne McCarrick, who vanished in Dublin during March 1993. Jojo Dullard went missing from Moon while hitchhiking back to Dublin in November 1995. Fiona Pender, who disappeared from Tullymore in 1996... Cara Breen, who vanished from Dundalk in 1997, 
Fiona Sinnott was last seen in County Wexford in 1998, and Deirdre Jacobs, who disappeared from County Kildare that same year. A handful of other women had vanished or been murdered in Ireland around the same time, and it seemed logical for police to investigate a potential link. Working on this theory, the authorities in the north contacted the Garda in Southern Ireland. The Royal Ulster Constabulary's southern counterparts had set up Operation Trace to investigate the perplexing disappearances in the Republic. The murder of Inga Maria Hauser bore some similarities to the missing women, four of whom had vanished in the Wicklow and Dublin mountains. Still, police were never able to conclusively connect them together. The case gradually went cold once more, but by 2000, DNA technology had advanced tremendously. Police would carry out testing on more than 300 local people, but the DNA did not match any of them either. By this point in the investigation, over 6,000 interviews had been carried out, but nobody could point to a specific suspect or suspects. In 2002, a new appeal was launched. Detective Inspector Sam Harkness said, Time has not diminished our determination to solve this murder. I still believe that someone holds a vital piece of information that could assist us in solving Inga's murder. I am appealing to anyone who has any information about this dreadful crime, no matter how insignificant they feel it may be, to come forward and assist us. Detective Inspector Harkness went on to say that in particular... He wanted to hear from people who may have harboured doubts or suspicions about anybody they knew, whether that be a friend, relative or acquaintance who had acted out of character around the same time that Inga Maria Hauser was killed. Meanwhile, police publicly disclosed their belief that Inga Maria was held captive for around a fortnight before being murdered. They speculated that she could have been abducted by somebody shortly after arriving in Northern Ireland, held hostage, and then taken to Ballypatrick Forest, where she was sexually assaulted and beaten to death. Detective Inspector Harkness explained that the authorities were once again planning a new DNA sweep of possible suspects. He said, If we made a match with our DNA profile, that person would be a very strong suspect and would certainly be questioned. In May of that year, a potential person of interest would emerge when former army chef Tony Jasinski was convicted of killing 14-year-old Marion Crofts in Aldershot, England during 1981. When he was initially interviewed regarding Marion's murder, he provided what appeared to be a rock-solid alibi. However, when a DNA sample was taken in relation to an unrelated domestic assault case, it came back as a match to the DNA found on Marion Crofts. With the conviction of Jasinski, police in Northern Ireland began to look into the possibilities of Jasinski's involvement. This line of inquiry led to another dead end when it was uncovered that Jasinski was not in the area and his DNA was not a match to the sample recovered at the crime scene. In 2004, there was renewed interest in the case when a member of the Legislative Assembly of Northern Ireland, John Dallet, publicly urged police to use whatever resources necessary in finding Inga Maria Hauser's killer. Dallet said, The murder of this young girl touched the hearts of thousands of people, and if there could be one wish, it would be that there is a conclusion and a conviction. There have been major strides in DNA techniques, and if there is a determined effort by the PSNI, the perpetrator could be caught and dealt with. 
in an attempt to generate some leads. What was now the police service of Northern Ireland again appealed to anybody who was on board the Stranra to Larn Ferry on April 6, 1988. Detective Chief Inspector Patrick Steele vowed to track down every person on the ferry that evening and interview each of them. He did, however, acknowledge that this would not be an easy task. Obviously, given the passage of time, it is always more difficult to track down all the people on board that day because of how the records were locked, he said. But we're working on it, and it's something we're focused on. The ferry crossing is our best starting point, and we intend to focus our attention there. While police had previously theorised that Inga Maria met her killer after getting off the ferry, they now considered it more likely that she met her killer on board the Stenaline Galloway Princess, which transported her to Larn. They were now focusing on the theory that somebody on the ferry had struck up a conversation with Inga Maria, offered her a place to stay or a lift, and then killed her. This new theory had come from a further examination of Inga Maria's post-mortem. While it was initially reported that Inga Maria had been dead from between 24 to 96 hours before she was found, it was now believed that she could have been dead for more than two weeks. An entomologist at Queen's University had studied fly and animal activity in Ballypatrick Forest. He found that the location where Inga Maria's body was discovered was a partially cool environment and there was very little fly activity. Insects play a crucial role in identifying a time of death as they will often colonise remains. The life cycles of blowflies are meticulously documented, so the age of larvae can be used to determine when someone died. The entomologist compared the topography of the area with how it appeared when Inga Maria was found, and noted that the state of the body was in fact consistent with having been left there much earlier in the month, as opposed to just days beforehand. Furthermore, Inga Maria's hair was clean, consistent with her being killed shortly after arriving in the country. With this new information, Police also dispelled all of the rumours spreading throughout County Antrim and contended that this was a definite line of inquiry. Additionally, police chillingly revealed that they believed Inga Maria's killer was still in the Ballycastle area. Crime Watch would again air a segment on the case, this time with the updated information, including the new theory that she was killed shortly after arriving in Northern Ireland. They appealed for anybody aboard the ferry to contact the police. Almost as soon as Crime Watch aired, a new witness presented himself. He said he was on the same ferry as Inga Maria and had seen her getting into a lorry once she disembarked. While it seemed like this eyewitness testimony could crack the cold case wide open, that sadly was not to be nothing came of the new developments. There was no movement in the case until the 20th anniversary. In April 2008, police announced they were following new lines of inquiry. This new approach focused on local people who had knowledge of the remote area in Ballypatrick Forest where Inga Maria's body was found. Detective Chief Superintendent Raymond Murray said, On the 20th anniversary of Inga Maria's murder, police are publishing a map of the precise location where her body was found and a photograph of this location. Our inquiries lead us to believe that whoever killed Inga Maria and left her body in Ballypatrick Forest was familiar with that particular remote part of the forest. We need to talk to anyone who would have had such a knowledge prior to April 1988, whether through their work, 
or if they rented forestry plots there or had any interest in that area. The specific location where Inga Maria's body was found was well off the main road that the general public would have used. The new line of inquiry had come after advice from behavioural and geographical profilers who agreed that Inga Maria's killer must have been familiar with the location where her body was discovered. At the time, the area was predominantly used by people who rented forestry plots as well as forestry service employees, subcontract labourers or grounds maintenance workers. Police appealed to anybody who may have been in the area around the same time as Inga Maria's murder to get in touch so that they could be ruled out of the inquiry. Detective Chief Superintendent Raymond Murray said, Inga Maria was a young woman with her whole life in front of her who met a terrible death in Northern Ireland. We owe it to her memory and to her parents back in Germany to bring her killer to justice. I believe a specific group of people with knowledge of Ballypatrick Forest can help us. The following year, there was a new development in the unsolved murder when the DNA sample taken from the crime scene showed similarities with the profiles of several women whose DNA had been stored in the UK Genetic National Database. At the time, around 5.2% of the UK population, which was approximately 4 million people, had their details stored in the database. The DNA had come back as similar to the DNA of fewer than 100 women in both Northern Ireland and the rest of the United Kingdom. Police now wanted to track down all of these women and then investigate their male relatives. Detective Chief Superintendent Murray explained, We can infer from the way that DNA characteristics are inherited that there is a possibility, and no more than that, that in this small female group there is a male relative's DNA profile which could match the DNA profile from the crime scene. It was hoped that a female relative could unmask the killer, and the murder inquiry was reopened. Politician John Dallet suggested a different police force be brought in to investigate the new lead. He proposed that a set of fresh eyes could be the key to solving the cold case. In announcing this, Dallet publicly revealed that the police had disposed of Inga Maria's underwear. He criticised them for the initial belief that Inga Maria had only been dead for between 24 to 96 hours, when she was most likely dead for over a week. John Dallet said, This latter issue no doubt led to police time being wasted at a critical period in the investigation. Police also disclosed that they had uncovered further information about Inga Maria's trip on the ferry. She had met a young man and struck up a conversation. Investigators believe that the killer observed Inga Maria speaking with this person of interest. When she and the man parted ways at Larn after disembarking from the ferry, the killer approached her and offered Inga Maria a lift in his lorry to Belfast, but instead took her to Ballypatrick Forest where she was sexually assaulted and killed. Unfortunately, the DNA breakthrough could not identify the killer despite the fact that one of the most significant DNA screenings in the UK was undertaken. Over 2,000 samples, many of which were voluntary, could not provide a definitive match. However, there were 30 to 35 that were inconclusive, which meant that a link could not be ruled out. Detective Chief Superintendent Raymond Murray remarked, we are tantalisingly close to significant progress. We need those remaining pieces of the jigsaw. DNA testing had advanced even further over the preceding years, 
and this advancement had successfully isolated a type of DNA known as YSTR, which refers to the male chromosome. The authorities now had a full DNA profile from the crime scene. It was just a case of matching it to somebody. In 2011, police began a new tactic. They focused their attention on an area east of Ballymoney and began conducting house-to-house inquiries. This type of move was almost unheard of in such an old case. A new witness had come forward to police to disclose that shortly after Inga Maria's murder, a man was seen in the east of Ballymoney. He appeared to have scratches on his face. The investigation was to zone in on the small cluster of villages set around the rural east of the area, as well as Armoy, Lugal and Clough Mills. Investigators were also looking into the likelihood that more than one person was involved in disposing of Inga Maria's body in the forest. Officers feared that witnesses were not coming forward, either because of close bonds, family loyalty or distrust of police in nationalist communities. Detective Chief Superintendent Murray said, I'm asking for information, as opposed to statements or formal evidence. I recognise that some people may still feel uncomfortable talking directly to police, perhaps because of their past or their alliances. I'm not interested in them for those reasons. I'm only interested in what they know about Inga Maria and how it can help the inquiry. To that end, if someone feels unable or unwilling to talk to police, I would ask them to go to a trusted person who they feel would be in a position to pass the information to police. The authorities were working on the assumption that the main suspect would now be in his 60s and they believed that he still lived locally. As a further line of inquiry was launched, police also released a previously unpublished photograph of Inga Maria Hauser. Detective Chief Superintendent Murray said that he hoped the new photograph would encourage the small number of individuals who they believed had information on the murder to finally come forward. And I'm asking that person today, I'm asking them very, very specifically through this medium to say you need to go away and you need to have a think. We're all getting older, we're all moving on. Is this something that you want to take with you to your grave? Some people are like that, but some people are not. Some people struggle, and I think this person is struggling. It is not too late now to examine your own conscience and come forward to the police. But what we need is just those few fractional pieces of evidence to help us complete the picture. We think we're close because we have a good, strong, working hypothesis about what has happened. And all our investigations, probably over the last 10 years, have not weakened that hypothesis, they have gradually strengthened it, but we just need to take it the next step. We are investigators and we keep an open mind, but the evidence and the information and the intelligence that we have to date has led us to focus on um, a very, very small number of individuals. The years passed with no new leads or tips which could identify Inga Maria Hauser's killer. In 2018... It was the 30-year anniversary, and a fresh appeal was launched. Detectives from Northern Ireland's serious crime branch travelled to Scotland to appeal for information. They were now working on the theory that communities in Scotland could hold vital information about Inga Maria's movements during the two days she spent there before continuing on to Northern Ireland. Detective Chief Superintendent Raymond Murray stated, Today I'm making a specific appeal to people who may have had contact with Inga Maria before she made the fateful journey to Northern Ireland. We already know Inga Maria's movements during her journey around England from London to Bath and on to Liverpool. However, we need to know more about what she did and who she met while in Scotland. From her diary and notebook entries, we know she left Liverpool, travelled to Preston, and then on to Inverness. Inga Maria Hauser was an 18-year-old German girl who was on a backpacking holiday 
She was murdered and her body was found in a remote forest in Northern Ireland. However, one of her last journeys was from England uh, up through Scotland to Inverness, where she went sightseeing in Inverness town. She then went from Inverness down to Stranraer and across on the ferry to Northern Ireland, where she would uh, unfortunately be murdered. I'm very interested in anybody uh, in Scotland who may have encountered Inga on the train as she moved up from England towards Inverness, who maybe spoke to her in Inverness town. We know she cashed traveller's checks uh, at the Royal Bank of Scotland, or again on the train journey from Inverness down to Stranraer. She was very distinctively dressed. She had a highly patterned skirt on uh, over black leggings, and she was carrying a large blue rucksack. By this point in the investigation, police were focusing on a small number of individuals, with Detective Chief Superintendent Murray revealing that these suspects were still alive, but the officer would not disclose whether they were living in the County Antrim area. During the renewed investigation, it was publicly revealed for the first time that the IRA had conducted a secret investigation into Inga Maria Hauser's murder. They had identified somebody from the Lockgill area that they believed was responsible for the murder. According to the Press Association, members of the IRA considered passing this information on to the Royal Ulster Constabulary, but then decided against it. A source said that at least one of those involved in the IRA's investigation had very likely died, but then added, there may well be other people who were privileged to the debate that was held. Once again, Detective Chief Superintendent Murray appealed to anybody with information to come forward. Imagine if your child's body lay for 14 days in a forest unattended, uncared for, um, having been ruthlessly assaulted and left in that way, just simply to satisfy somebody else's needs. Imagine how you would feel. I suggest that no loyalty in the world would ever overcome the need of human decency to come forward and tell what you know and try and bring that family suffering, if not to an end, at least to a point where they understand what happened and they can begin to deal with it in a better way. Inga Maria Hauser's sister, Frederica Leibel, would follow suit, releasing a statement through the police. It read, It's been nearly 30 years since my younger sister, Inga Maria, was so brutally murdered. You cannot imagine how the murder of my sister has affected my family. We are broken inside. My father was worst hit. He fell ill with prostate cancer in 2005 and was treated for depression when the whole body was full of cancer. The fact of being confronted with this murder for a lifetime is just cruel, sick, sick. So I ask you to come forward with information, otherwise my sister's soul will never rest. Less than two weeks later, there was a breakthrough in the cold case. Two men have been arrested this morning in connection with the murder of this uh, German backpacker. The men are aged 61 and 58 and from the Loch Giel area. And that's as much as we've been told officially by the police. Now, in more recent weeks... Uh, the Just police... the following day, however, both were released on bail pending investigation. In February the following year, the 58-year-old man was re-arrested and police were granted more time to question him. He was released the next day. Soon after, police would announce they were submitting a file on the murder case to the Public Prosecution Service. This file contained evidence gathered against the 58-year-old man and a 56-year-old woman. Investigators believe that the man was involved in Inga Maria's murder and the woman withheld information. It was now up to the Public Prosecution Service to determine whether the man should be charged in relation to Inga Maria's murder. The decision was welcomed by politician John Dallet, who said, People want to see a conclusion to this brutal murder. For over 30 years, the Hauser family have suffered in silence, living without justice or hope. 
but this development offers reassurance that there may be light at the end of a long and very dark tunnel of hopelessness. I plead with them to give their account of what happened on the night of the 6th of April 1988, when Inga Maria didn't take the train from Lahn to Belfast as planned. In July 2020, it was announced by the Public Prosecution Service that the evidence gathered against the two unnamed suspects was not strong enough to mount a prosecution. We have today informed the family of Inga Maria Hauser of our decision not to prosecute two suspects reported to us by police in connection with her murder in April 1988. Our conclusion was that the available evidence did not provide a reasonable prospect of conviction and that therefore the test for prosecution was not met. We recognise the pain and distress that Inga Maria's murder continues to cause some 32 years later, and understand that this decision will be deeply disappointing for family and friends who loved her and still miss her. The evidence in the file had been carefully considered by a team of senior prosecutors with the assistance of senior independent counsel. In relation to the male suspect, the test of prosecution was not met due to the absence of evidence to link the suspect to the victim after she left the ferry, the absence of evidence to link the suspect to the victim at the location where her body was found, the recovery of DNA evidence from the crime scene did not match the suspect and the lack of clarity which had arisen from conflicting expert evidence concerning the approximate date of death undermined the case against the suspect. In relation to the female suspect, it was determined that the potential evidence that she possessed and withheld which could assist in the investigation was insufficient. This meant that the male and female suspects would not be charged in relation to Inga Maria Hauser's murder. It was a distressing meeting for the family of Inga Maria Hauser to learn by video call that neither the man suspected of killing her or the woman suspected of withholding information is to be prosecuted. That no one is to face charges in connection with the teenager's disappearance after she arrived in Larn in April 1988. That no one will go on trial for her sexual assault and brutal murder. That no one will face justice for leaving her half-naked body in a remote part of Ballypatrick Forest near Ballycastle. So where are we now? The murder of Inga Maria Hauser was one of the most infamous non-political crimes in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. At a time when people refused to travel, concerned for their safety, Inga Maria wanted to see what Northern Ireland had to offer. Instead of being welcomed with open arms... Inga Maria was taken to an isolated forest where she met a horrific end. Despite the exhaustive and extensive efforts to find the killer or killers over the past three and a half decades, the murder remains unsolved. Tragically, Inga Maria's parents, Josef and Almut, died without ever knowing who killed their daughter. The murder of Inga Maria completely changed their lives and their marriage. While they were never divorced, they were never the same again after losing their daughter. A memorial stone for Inga Maria Hauser was erected in Ballypatrick Forest. The community gathered at the stone and laid a wreath and German flag. She was a musician, she was an artist, she was a composer. But above all, she was the daughter of the Hauser family. Police and many locals still believe that the key to cracking the cold case lies within the local community. 
A chilling reminder constantly looms over the area that somebody somewhere is protecting a murderer. Inga Maria's memorial stone includes lyrics from the song Mockingbird by Barclay James Harvest. It poignantly reads, Inga Maria Hauser, born May 28, 1969, died April 6, 1988. Never forgotten. Time will see your tears run dry as a mockingbird singing songs in the trees. As Irish politician John Dallet said shortly before his death in 2020, perhaps the saddest thing about the murder of Inga is the silence of those who know who did it. But that silence cannot be sustained for much longer. Thank you for listening. And special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply